Well, hello, oddballs. It's your host, Bobby. And your co-host, Lexi. And this is Oddities on Elm Street. Thanks for joining us for episode 35. So I have just a few things to go over. Uh Firstly, I have a surprise for you. We got a new patron. Oh, yes. Yeah, so we have a new patron, Carrie. Carrie. She joined the Spooky Crew. Um, She also sent some very kind messages about how she's enjoyed the podcast so far. So, Welcome, Carrie. Thanks for being here. And for being a Patreon. Um, You know what? I don't want to get, like, super cheesy or sappy, but. Sap it up. I, our listeners are amazing, and I love hearing, like, uh, what is it called, Spotify? They put, like, a Q&A on mm-hmm. every single episode, mm-hmm. and people, like, fill it out and let us know what they think about the episode, and it makes my day. I like hearing from everyone. It's really sweet. What was I saying? I don't oh, know. Oh, I was just saying, you know, thanks, everyone, for being here. We love you. Um, and if you like our content enough to want to see more, you can head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash oddities on Elm Street. Patreon.com slash oddities on Elm Street. Come over. Join. Uh, we also have gotten a good amount of listener tales. Mm-hmm. So big thank you mm-hmm. to everyone who sent those in. Uh, we finally, I feel like we finally have enough to do a full episode. Hell yeah. We so, can do that next week. Or yeah, we should. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, make sure to keep an eye out for that. We, If you have a story, we'd still send love to it. hear it. Mm-hmm. You know. For real. We'll, so we'll send add it in. in. Yeah. And the email for that is listenertales at gmail.com. It's very and simple. And I'll, I'll link it in the description in case you forget. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. So, today we're doing an unsolved mystery. This topic. Oh, my God. I just want to start out by saying, like, true Michigander, I'm all about the, the lake, but the ocean, absolutely not. Wait, do you have a morbid tidbit? I do. I do. Yeah. So, we'll, yeah, we'll do the morbid tidbit first. I will give a trigger warning for this one because it involves children. Um, so, a woman, I believe you say her name, Bunak. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bunak Landon was arrested back in April on accusations of killing her boyfriend's six-year-old daughter. Uh, I just now am finding about, out about this because she's just recently been denied bond because obviously they're worried about her being a danger to society. So not only did she kill this little girl, she left the girl's body on the front lawn of the child's mother. A detective testified that there is surveillance video of her pulling a wagon with a bucket before dropping the bucket off at the mother's home, and inside was the body of the six-year-old girl. Coroners ruled that she died from blunt force trauma to the head and strangulation. This little girl also had a seven-year-old sister who said that this woman was mean to her and she feared living with her father because of her. 
I guess also after she killed this little girl, she buried her phone on the night of the girl's murder. But before doing that, she searched on her phone looking for uh, criminal defense attorneys. <gasps> so. Where where did this happen? Oh, where was that? No, it was in the U.S. Mm. Um, let me look it up real quick. Like, Just why? so fucking why? evil. So evil. Louisiana. Yeah. So, hopefully, the family gets justice. Yeah. That is... It's so fucked up. <sighs> um, wow. But... So, our topic for today... It's an unsolved mystery, like I said... We're going to cover the disappearance of Amy Lynn Bradley. This, I knew, like, the basics mm -hmm. of what had happened. Mm -hmm. I didn't know mm -hmm. all of it. Yeah. And it has had my mind spinning all week. This is one of the cases that really, like, got me into true crime what was it? Yeah. Like seven years ago. Like I can, I can imagine why. And I think I like, I shared it with one of my sisters and she is also like in the true crime. It's like, it's, mm -hmm. it's just, it's a crazy case and it just doesn't, doesn't make sense. And there's awful, awful people in it. And it, yeah. it's just horrifying to think it, that this it is really a thing. is. Yeah. Um, and this is why cruises are scary to me. I've yes. always said that I would never take a cruise. Right. And everybody has always said that I'm overdramatic yes. because, you know, there it's not like a huge percentage of people that disappear on cruise ships. But that's like worst case scenario to me mm -hmm. because you're you're out in open water, international you're not waters. Anyone's responsibility. Exactly. Who Just is going to crew. look for you? Yeah, the captain right? and the crew. Whatever they say goes. Yes, and I feel like not just disappearances, but like murders or... There's a lot of sexual assaults. Yes, that's what I was going to say. There are so many cases of sexual assaults. And they go nowhere. Because... Absolutely nowhere. Because of where they are. Right. There's no jurisdiction. No. So, and I feel like that happens so much more than we could even... Fathom. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Um, so I was looking up the statistics. It's been estimated that between 200 to 400 people have gone missing from cruise ships in the past 20 years. Some of them are suicides. Some mm. are people jumping overboard for whatever reason. But out of the victims who have gone missing off from cruise ships mm -hmm. that haven't been suspected to have jumped overboard or committed suicide those who are concerned to be missing or murdered mm -hmm. arrests or convictions rarely follow well there's no preserving a crime scene if they find one right or like any evidence well and you'll i mean not you specifically right, right, but yeah. our audience will see how frustrating it is in amy's case because that is everything you know, yeah. they could have stopped all of this from happening. They could have at least, like, given it 
a little bit of effort to find yeah. her. But no, and let's not panic anyone on this right. cruise and ship. Her case, I mean, we do a lot of unsolved mysteries. I try not to uh, let my opinion interfere with the topic because there are some cases where I'm like, yeah, this person's probably a goner, you know? In Amy's case, though, this is one case where I truly feel like she might actually still be out there. Mm hmm. Amy Lynn Bradley, she was 23 years old. She had just graduated from college, uh, was starting a new, exciting life. She had just moved into her own apartment, secured a full-time job. So not only was she set to start this new job upon her return, but she was also anticipating the adoption of a female bulldog that she had picked out before her departure. So she had tons of plans for the future. Yeah. It's important that I say that. So to celebrate Amy's achievements and to get one last vacation together as a family before Amy went on to start this new life, the family decided to take a cruise. Mm -hmm. The vacation would include Amy, her father, Ron, mother, Iva, and her younger brother, Brad, who at the time was 21 and was still in college. So the four of them would board their cruise ship, which was the Rhapsody of the Sea, mm -hmm. in San Juan, Puerto Rico, on March 21st, 1998. I think Rhapsody of the Sea is a Royal Caribbean mm. cruise. It's like part of that line or whatever. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So the ship was destined for uh, Curacao, which is an island in the Southern Caribbean Sea. The ship itself was massive. It held almost 2,000 people, and it had pretty much everything you could want in a cruise. They had nightclubs, fine dining experiences, obviously tons of pools, but for whatever reason, maybe her intuition, Amy wasn't very keen on going. According to her mother, Iva, it took a little persuading from the rest of the family to convince Amy to join them on this cruise. But once they boarded, she soon found that there were plenty of things to distract her worry away. Mm -hmm. The second night they were on the cruise, the family got dressed up to attend a fancy dinner. And the picture taken of Amy on this night kind of becomes like the face of her case. Yeah, It's... I think it's the picture most people associate with her name. When they hear Amy Lynn Bradley, they think of this picture. Um, so these pictures, they were taken by staff. I've never been on a cruise. We'll never but, be on a cruise. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The way I imagine it, though, is like when you go to an amusement park and they take your pictures on the roller coasters. Yeah, and then they exactly. have that area yes. where they display everything and then you can buy a picture as a souvenir. Mm -hmm. So... Um, that's pretty much what they do. They display these prints of all the families or whoever, and they display them for you to purchase. So the family enjoys this dinner together, and then afterwards, they change out of their dress clothes and attend kind of like an after party. Mm -hmm. At this little party, they had a live band. There was dancing and drinking. Around one o'clock in the morning is when Amy's parents call it a night. 
Amy and her brother Brad decide they want to stay out, so they go to the nightclub. And although they went together, they didn't hang out with each other. Mm -hmm. They split up. Brad found some girls to talk to. And Amy was just sort of mingling around with a number of different people that night. So one person that stands out in particular is the bass player of the band that was playing at the club called the Blue Orchid. The guy's name was Alistair Douglas, but he went by the, the nickname Yellow. So after a couple hours... Brad decides that he's going to head back to the family's cabin. He reported that he had returned to their room around 3.35, went to sit out on the balcony, and it's only a few minutes that he's out there before he hears the door open. It's Amy. She joins him on the balcony, and the two of them talk for a little bit before Brad goes to bed. So upon saying goodnight, Amy says she's going to stay out a little bit longer and get some fresh air. Sometime before sunrise... Amy's dad, Ron, wakes up, and from his bed, he can see out into the balcony. He can see Amy, he des- he describes seeing her asleep in the lounge chair, but really he can only see her from the waist down. Mm-hmm. He just assumes that she fell asleep out there. Um, so he goes back to sleep. He's just, like, okay, relieved that back. his kids, exactly. Mm-hmm. So he closes his eyes for a little bit longer. And the next time he opens them, Amy is gone. So, Amy's dad, Ron, is startled awake around 6 a.m. We don't know exactly why, Mm -hmm. but when he looks out onto the balcony this time, Amy is not there. So, he gets up. He starts checking around looks in the kid's room, sees Brad in bed, but still no Amy. The only thing missing from her room is her cigarettes and her lighter. And I heard that, like, even her sandals were left behind. Mm -hmm. Now, at that time, Amy's dad isn't too worried. He thinks maybe she's just gone to, like, the ship's upper deck to have a smoke. Until he takes a look around the ship and still can't find her. Then, after about an hour of searching, the panic begins to set in. He goes back to the room and wakes up Iva, and they decide it's probably best to get security involved. Mm -hmm. So they approach security, and some of the ship's officials, um, they ask if they could help them in any way. Maybe they can make some sort of announcement that they're looking for their daughter. Seems like a very reasonable request. I agree. But they refuse. And their reasoning was that they didn't want to panic the other passengers. They're paying us to have a nice vacation. So over my dead body, will there be any announcement that something may be awry? But it's like, how hard is it to do that? If I'm on a cruise ship and I hear an announcement saying, you know, this person come to the front or whatever, that wouldn't... No. Even cross my, like, I'd be fine. I would be able to go about my day. Yes. Like, I would I would look around. Yeah. And, like, keep it in the back of my noggin. Right, but it's like. It's not gonna. Fucking... It's like when you're at the grocery store. Exactly. And a kid gets lost, yeah, well, you I know? Hope they're okay. Yeah. So, um, and it's, it's frustrating, especially because all of the people that could have possibly seen her mm-hmm. are all on the ship. 
Right. So if anyone knows anything, it's like they might not even think that it's a, a they don't know red that flag. they have like like crucial information. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So they refuse to help, but that wouldn't at all be the biggest hurdle because the ship is docking at the next stop in Curacao. Everyone's allowed off the ship, which means that they now lose the ability to question everyone who could have possibly seen her. And if Amy's still on the ship, they could lose her altogether. Mm -hmm. So as thousands of passengers disembark the ship, the staff does conduct a search for Amy, but they find no trace of her. So because the staff has come back and said, well, we already searched the ship, there's no sign of Amy, the family decides to get off at the island. Maybe someone has taken her off the ship. And if we know she's not on the ship, this is the only other place that they have to search, right? So how terrible would it be trying to make that decision? I know. And it's... You get off on this island and it's like, where do you even begin? Uh, no. You're idea. in a foreign country. Like. Right. Hey, like, and, and when was this? In the, like, late in 90s? In the late 90s, yes. There's not, like, iPhones Cell everywhere. Phones you don't just, you can't just, like, whip out, like, a, a recent picture. Exactly. Of them. Or yeah. even, yeah. like. I didn't even think of that. But you're right. It's like. What do you say besides, like... Yeah, you, you don't know? have, like... <laughs> you just carry out a printout? Like, I, I don't know. It's... Yeah, there's this... I'm looking for this white girl. <laughs> right. Like, it could be... There's thousands of people. Yeah. Um, They are smart. I mean, they're smart in the decision that they made to go to the American embassy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where they go. They ask if there's any way, way that they can help. Mm-hmm. And they bring in helicopters and ships to search along the route of the cruise ship to see if they can find her in the ocean. Mm-hmm. But they find nothing. The FBI was also brought in to conduct their own investigation. I feel like they're essentially looking at this from the angle of a possible homicide or kidnapping. Mm-hmm. And not just the possibility of her falling overboard or committing suicide. Right. The FBI basically tells the family that the ship staff didn't do a very thorough search for Amy. Um, I'd be so pissed. They literally only looked in the common areas and in some of the bathrooms. No rooms were searched. Nothing. Right? And my thing is, too, is they have this guy, their number one suspect who was seen dancing with her in the club. Yep. He's an employee of the cruise ship, which means he has access to employee elevators. Anywhere. Yeah, pretty much much anywhere. But you're only going to look in the common areas. That makes so much sense. Right. I get it. I get it. And then tell the family it's all searched. Right. And then let everybody off. And let them stay. And let them get off that boat without their daughter. It fucking pisses me off. So they pretty much decide that they need to get back on this boat. They purchase flights to 
the next stop mm-hmm. in uh, St. Thomas. And the FBI meets him there to continue helping on Amy's case. So once the FBI gets on the ship, they begin to get some more information. A man named Chris Fenwick came forward, and he was a videographer that was filming a promotion for the cruise line. Mm-hmm. And in the background of his video is Amy. She can be seen dancing with Alistair Douglas, a.k.a. Yellow. Mm-hmm. Um, so this guy, Chris, turns a copy of this footage into the ship's security. And they call him after reviewing it, and they say, we want the original. <laughs> Which, thankfully, he doesn't give it to them. And they pretty much respond, and they say, well, the FBI is going to want the footage eventually. And he's like, okay, the FBI can contact me then right. if they want the footage. I don't just give out the original right. copy because no, that's it's, that's all you have. It's the, yeah. They could fucking bury it. Yeah. And uh, um, so, yeah, he says if the FBI wants it, they can contact me themselves. But they never did. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's crazy, too, is that Chris a few years later, sees Amy's story being broadcast on TV and notices that they never play the clip at all. So he reached out to the family, and it turns out that they never even knew that this footage of Amy existed. And this is like the last time she's seen alive, besides by her family. So on Chris's footage, uh, Amy and Yellow can be seen dancing closer and closer to each other as the night goes on. And at one point, they're seen holding hands. Amy is seen on and off throughout this video until around 3 a.m. The last time she's seen, she can be seen in the background waiting for an elevator mm-hmm. around 3.45. And we know that it's only about five minutes later that Amy follows her brother back to right. the family's cabin. Right. So... The FBI has this guy, Yellow, on their radar. They bring him in for questioning, and he tries to claim that he had last seen Amy around 1 a.m. He said they had a drink together at the club, and then he took the staff elevator up to his room. But we know from the video that that's a lie. They were seen dancing together at 3 o'clock in the morning. So... When Amy's brother Brad learns that Yellow is considered somewhat of a suspect, Mm -hmm. his blood runs cold. Because in the early morning hours, just after Amy went missing, before anybody had been alerted to her disappearance, Brad was approached by Yellow, who said, I'm sorry to hear about your sister. Like, how dumb are you? But also, like, how does this happen and it's still, like... You tell me. uh, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. So, this guy, Yellow, tried to claim that he was woken up around 6 a.m. by another crew member who was pretty much just asking him if he knew where Amy was because they were seen together the night before. But 
no one besides Amy's dad knew that she was missing that early in the morning. Mm -hmm. Like, not even Iva or Brad knew because they were still asleep. He was doing that initial search. Yes. So, Brad, looking back and remembering this event, at the time, it didn't seem like anything, but in hindsight, it might be everything, right? So, he also starts to remember that the night that Amy was seen dancing with Yellow... Mm -hmm. He tried dancing a little too close, and Amy told him just to back off a little bit. Mm -hmm. So the family starts to just think back, tracing their steps since, you know, setting foot on this cruise ship to try and find some clues that could tell them what might have happened to Amy. Then they remember that on the night they went to their fancy dinner, when they all got dressed up and had their pictures taken... Mm -hmm. Once the pictures were printed out and displayed, the family went to look at them to possibly purchase them for a souvenir, but all of the pictures, including Amy, were missing. Like, uh, what? Tell me that this girl was not targeted. Uh, it, like, it, you can't convince me no, otherwise. No, it, It's terrifying. It's not just, like, a fucking coincidence. No. That all of her pictures are gone. It's so... It's so crazy to me that, like, it's been over 20 years. Yeah. And there's still no resolution with all of this. Like, all the stuff that we know. Like, what is Alistair up to nowadays? I don't Do you know. know. Like, is he is he alive? Is He is probably he changed his name, started a new life somewhere else. So... The cruise is coming to an end, and all of the passengers will soon go back to their lives wherever they live in the world, but the Bradleys couldn't move on. They went on this cruise to celebrate their daughter and all of her achievements, and now they're forced to leave without her. So once they return back to their home in Virginia, the Bradleys continue their search for Amy from afar. They set up a website with a tip line. They give interviews to get as much attention for Amy's case as possible. Mm -hmm. And they even continue making trips to the island of Curacao to search for her. Amy's case is featured on America's Most Wanted. And from that show, they actually get a couple of credible tips. In August of 1998, so just five months after she went missing... Two Canadian tourists spotted a woman matching Amy's description. They said they saw her on the beach with two men. And they even described in detail the very distinctive tattoos that Amy had. Mm -hmm. She had uh, a Tasmanian devil with a basketball on her shoulder that she designed herself. A sun on her lower back, a Chinese symbol on her ankle, and a lizard on her navel. So those are those are very like distinct specific. tattoos yeah. in very specific areas yes. of your body. Yes. So and multiple together. Yes. And these are the tattoos that they are testifying about. So the FBI did conduct a search for her in that area where these tourists had seen who they thought was Amy, but it led them nowhere. It's not until the middle of 1999 that the Bradley family finally gets 
something solid. It's around that time that a man named Frank Jones reaches out to them. Frank emails the Bradley family telling them that he is, I don't know if he said he's a Navy SEAL or he's a former Navy SEAL, um, but he said that he had seen Amy being held hostage in a housing complex in Curacao. And because he has background in special forces, he and his team could potentially launch a rescue mission, but they would first need $24,000. So the Bradley family is desperate. They sell their vehicles, anything they can to get this money. They pay Frank, and over the next few months, Frank would communicate these reports and sightings of their daughter. And any time that Frank told the family that they would need more money in order to attempt this rec- this rescue, the family would send it. Because it's, it's your daughter. Yeah. Like, what? You're going to do whatever you possibly I, can. Exactly. And I saw an interview with the dad, and he said, like, money is meaningless. If it means that you can get, I mean, this isn't verbatim, obviously. Right. But if it means that you can get your daughter back, you would do anything. Right. 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 So exactly. Um, this time, Frank tells the family that Amy's being held hostage, and the people who have her want ransom. In total, they sent two hundred and ten thousand dollars to Frank, <laughs> and waited for the phone call that Amy was rescued, but it never came. Frank Jones wasn't at all who he said he was. He was just a scam artist, taking advantage of a family during their most desperate moments. Um, He was prosecuted for this. He pleaded guilty to mail fraud and was sentenced to five years in prison. Five years? That is... Okay, yeah, they they got the guy, whatever. But think about... It's not not even about the money. Think about the time that they lost. (laughs) The time that he stole from them. And that hope that that he instilled in them that was just ripped away just so he could live the high life for a while. Like, Like, and to only get five years? Are you fucking kidding me? Well, and it's, they could have been searching for Amy that entire time. But they're assuming that this guy is doing it for them. So, so all right. of that time just they, is wasted. Window. Yep. <sighs> they didn't get another solid lead until May of 2002. And this one comes from a member of the U.S. Navy. He said that he was visiting a brothel in Curacao when he met a woman who told him that her name was Amy Lynn Bradley and begged for him to help her. He he said he initially didn't report it because he wasn't supposed he was, to be there. So yeah, he's he didn't active get in trouble. duty, and he didn't want to exactly. Um, and it wasn't until he saw a picture of Amy's face on a magazine that he turned in that information. But before, and remember, this is two thousand two. Now mm-hmm. she went missing in nineteen ninety eight. So before that information can could even be looked into the brothel had been burnt to the ground (sighs) in 2005 amy's mother iva makes an appearance on an episode of dr phil 
On this episode, it's revealed that the family was emailed an image of a woman resembling Amy. The image came off from a website for sex work in the Caribbean, and the woman in the picture on this website was called Jazz. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna put the picture up on our Patreon yeah. for all. Like you don't have to be a patron to see the information. Mm-hmm. I want everyone to go look at it and let us know what they think. Mm-hmm. I'll post a picture of her and a picture of this this woman on this website. Jazz, yeah. Um. But unfortunately, again, this was a dead end. They weren't able to track the source of the photo at all. There have been multiple other supposed sightings of Amy, like a woman who claimed to have seen her in um, a department store restroom in Another Barbados. fucking scammer. Was that? Yes. That woman was a scammer? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Was she trying to get the reward money? I don't re- remember the details, but I I know that she, she was just fucking around. Like what she the, Why do people do that? Because people are awful, and they don't give a shit about anyone. They just want the money. They want whatever it is. That's so fucked up. Um, <sighs> what about the cab driver? I'm not sure. So there's a cab driver who said that um, there was a woman who looked like Amy, mm-hmm. and she was begging to use his phone. But and and he reported it, but it was never verified by the authorities. So I don't know. So as far as theories go, I mean, obviously there's going to be some people that believe she either accidentally went overboard mm-hmm. or she jumped and committed suicide. Um, firstly, they were just off the coast, like really close to the shoreline. Amy was known to be a really strong swimmer. She swam in high school, like competitively. Now, obviously you can say, okay, but she's been drinking, whatever, whatever. First, they, they never found a body. Nothing. No, like, no trace. Exactly. Like, yeah, nothing. She's just vanished. Uh, her family also talked about like how she brought, how she bought souvenirs to bring back to her friends, like back home, and had also sent postcards talking about when she'll be home, making plans with her friends for Easter. She has the French bulldog coming yes, and that so, full time job. It's right. Like, She's planning on coming back. Yes. Um. So another theory is that she was murdered on the ship and then thrown overboard. Mm-hmm. But the only piece of evidence that supports this theory is a jawbone that had washed ashore on the beach in Aruba in 2010. Um, and I'll talk about that a little bit more later. The most credible theory, in my opinion, is that Amy was abducted and sold into sex trafficking. Mm -hmm. And here's why I think that. This is kind of the last little tidbit I'll give before we wrap the episode up. So remember, I I had already talked about the fancy dinner, Mm -hmm. how the pictures of Amy were all missing. Mm -hmm. Something else happened that night. A waiter continuously approached the family asking to pass on a note to Amy. What? The note was an invitation 
to grab a drink. And when Amy's dad, Ron, asked her about this, she said that they, she didn't say he, they said they wanted to take her to a restaurant named Carlos and Charlie's once they docked in Aruba. She insisted, like when she was talking to her father, she insisted that she wouldn't go and do anything with any of the crew, the crew members because they gave her the creeps, is what she told her dad. Okay. <sighs> the restaurant, Carlos and Charlie's, is the last known whereabouts of another American woman, 18-year-old Natalie Holloway, <gasps> who disappeared in 2005. No. I did not. I did not fucking put that together. Wow, Bob. Yeah. <sighs> so, that jawbone that they found in Aruba, because this, uh, I, I think I said that, but I might not have. This restaurant is in Aruba, and that's where Natalie Holloway was last seen. Um, the jawbone that they found was originally thought to have been Natalie's. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they determined that it wasn't, but like dental they record? couldn't link it to her. Interesting. But they didn't, they never did any DNA testing hmm. on this jawbone. The only thing they could really say about it was that it was, it most likely, mm-hmm. most likely belonged to a Caucasian, is what they said. Okay. So, could it be Amy's? I it's guess. a possibility. It could be. But it could be other people too. Exactly, I was gonna say it could be millions of people. There are a lot of Caucasians. There are. uh, I am one of them. So it's just another dead end. Yeah, unfortunately. Um. Oh, and also that picture that you were talking about on the website. I I, that was like it looked a lot like Amy, Mm -hmm. but like roughed up a little bit and like years later yeah i guess that they had like a professional look at it who would become like an fbi agent and he said that he would bet his career (gasps) that that was amy no shit yes wow like that's a that's a bold statement (laughs) right there yeah because wow yeah, I know. I heard that. I'm like, um, yeah, I'm. I whoa. definitely. I need to put it up and have our listeners go and check it out. Um, there's definitely a striking similarity, and like you said, it's like an older, roughed up version of her. Um, this was years later. Exactly, which makes sense. What, that it, it was be like up? what seven years later after her disappearance. Um, also. Hello, if she's being trafficked, she's gonna be roughed up. That's it's gonna you can't affect get you. around that. Yeah, right. It's going to affect every aspect of who you are. Um so Amy Lynn Bradley was declared illegally dead on March 24th, 2010, 12 years after her disappearance. With no witnesses and no body ever found. So strange how they can do that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I can see where it would be beneficial. 
like from in the family cases, in some cases yeah i don't know it just all seems really i feel like in a case though where there's no proof of foul play i mean 12 years yeah but but she might not be dead she could still be out there i feel like if you declare someone legally dead it kind of like makes their case go cold yeah you know yeah that makes that makes sense so yeah wow that is the case of amy lynn bradley it's it's a doozy It's out of my head. <laughs> I do that to Miller too. <laughs> uh, anyways, oh, well. um, let us know what you think about this episode. Definitely go to our Patreon too, patreon.com slash oddities on Elm Street. Check out that picture and let us know there what you think too. Yeah. Love to hear from everyone. But yeah, that's all we have for you today. Do you have an opinion of what you think is most likely? Me? I think... I think she was abducted mm-hmm. and trafficked. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. As far as, like, her still being out there... That's so hard to say. It's a possibility. Yeah. Um. I don't know... I don't know, like, the statistics of um, once somebody gets into sex trafficking, how long they stay in it. Um, Is it normal for these people to just, like, get rid of someone? Right. You know? I'm sure it is. But, yeah, it's, it's hard to say. I definitely, like, I don't think... I think all of the evidence that we do have points towards that conclusion. Yeah. I don't think that she, like, fell. No. And I don't think that she would do any sort of suicide. No. I think... I think Alistair Douglas... Has Had some some funny business going on. Yes. And had her stowed away somewhere in the staff part of the the ship. Mm -hmm. And... And, and somehow you know, got her off the boat. Yeah, and well, and the fact that she told her dad, they want me to go to this restaurant. They, like, he right. probably had some help. Yeah, and I think so, for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I would not be surprised if they were, like, working with traffickers, like, on an island. Yeah. To. There's probably, I mean, it's like. Like, when we talked about North Fox Island, it's a whole... Right. It takes an entire operation of these people in order to get victims. Right. To keep them quiet and all of these terrible things to find clients. Mm-hmm. and It's a chain. It's... Exactly. So, to think that some staff on these cruise ships that are constantly out in this area... Yeah could be involved with people on Curacao or Aruba or any of these Caribbean islands. Um, I think they targeted her. I think so, too. 
I really do. And there were comments that um, Iva made in some of her interviews talking about how they there were so many staff members that were just infatuated with her. That's... For whatever reason. That's uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like, I don't know, the fact that they're like young and... I feel like you'd be, I would be more trusting of someone my age Mm -hmm. versus some old guy who's telling me that, like, wants to dance with me or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's so icky and it's so, they're just taken advantage of. And it's so scary to think about. And the fact that it's like, it's, it's a common thing. It is. And the fact that, like, you'll never be who you were ever again. No, absolutely not. You'll never get to live your life ever again, you know? Right. And you don't get to talk to your family ever again. Like, right. It's just. And I mean, I, I watch a lot of, um, interviews with women who were trafficked. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like, I literally just saw one today and she was a 14 year old girl and she had a bleeding disorder and she wasn't able to perform with these men unless she got medication. And so in order to, um, you know, get this all solved, her, uh, pimp or whatever, brought her to a doctor. She had to have sex with the doctor in order to get her prescription. And she said, it's, you know, in that situation, once you are put back into your life, you start to think, who doesn't do this? These are men. She said 90% of them were wearing wedding rings. Who doesn't do it? How scary is that to think about? It's not necessarily like... Who we would assume. Exactly. But that's how these things go. Unnoticed. Yeah. All right. Well... I hope everyone has a lovely week. Stay safe. Don't forget we're doing Listener Tales next week. So if you you hear this on Wednesday or Thursday or Friday and you're like... I have one. I want it to be in. Send it. We'll get yeah. it in. Yeah. Listenertales at gmail.com. Yes. Um, be careful on cruise ships and everywhere, really. But yeah, it's I don't a know. scary world. Yeah. Scary, scary. Also, the or- ocean. Mm-mm. Yeah, we don't fuck with we her. Absolutely <laughs> do not fuck with her. <laughs> All right, thank you all for being here, and remember to always keep it spooky.